Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. And the word of the Lord from Paul the Apostle, 1 Timothy 2, to his son Timothy. And the apostle writes, I urge then, first of all, that request, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made known, be made for everyone. For kings and for all those in authority, that you may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleasing and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth and come to a knowledge of the truth. Verse 2, we need to pray for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. I do believe that America lacked prayers, earnest prayers uh, for those in authority here in the past and that's why so much chaos has gone forth because people are quiet. They're busy cursing the darkness without truly praying for those in authority. Scripture says, make your requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. I'm teaching Capital Cities, Capital City Chaos. It's the series that I'm teaching. I'm ministered leading through chaos or crisis. I also preached a message entitled Praying for Protection and then protection against terrorists. Tonight's message, pray for the U.S. government. Pray for the government, not only in Washington, but in every municipality, in every county or parish. Let us pray that God will protect America. It is our school of prayer. It will conclude at the end of service on Sunday, one week. I want you to be activated and I need you to go out. I need you to secure a time with God where you're talking to him every day. You can use my notes and the things that you hear me preach as a guide. But this is your school of prayer. We'll have another prayer school around the month of April or May. So, Father, I give you praise for your word, and I thank you for anointing me to teach with accuracy and with strength. Touch every soul, every person connected, everyone that would hear this call, this clarion call to pray tonight for the U.S. government. And I bless you for the understanding of how government works and so in the teaching help us to be motivated to pray for those intricate parts those many multiple parts that are functioning working together the nuances of government that only you can see and fix 
We give you glory for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to remind you uh, that praying for U.S. and praying for the government is biblical because the scripture says that we need to make our requests, our prayers, and intercession, and even thanksgiving be made for all men, for all people, for everyone. And here Paul gives us different types of prayers. We have what we call request. That's a type of prayer. Prayers themselves, just talking to God. Then we have what we call intercession. Intercession, to intercede, to stand in the gap. And then thanksgiving. The whole prayer is about giving thanks. Let it be made known to God. For all those who are in authority, for those who are elected into uh, offices of authority in our government, we need to pray for them. I want to encourage you to pray for the people that you don't like, the people you didn't vote for. Because this is biblical. The Bible says when you pray for these officials, God has a way of touching them and you may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. So pray for religious liberties. That God will keep the church the church. A lot of times people are afraid when Democrats rule. They're afraid of losing their religious liberties. But we're going to pray that God will maintain religious liberties during this season. There's no need to fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. I'm amazed with how people love Daniel. They love talking about Daniel in the lion's den and love the excellent spirit that Daniel had, but can't even fathom uh, praying in Babylon. <laughs> Daniel was not in Israel. He was not in the temple. He was even warned not to pray at all in the name of his God, yet he did, and God still preserved him. And even if religious liberties were affected to some degree, the church should not be afraid. We should pray anyway and seek God. The scripture says when you do so, you're like Daniel. You will live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and holy. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior because God wants all men to be saved, to come into the knowledge of the truth. We're praying for the U.S. government and the federal government is composed of three distinct branches. We have the legislative branch, we have the executive, and we have the judicial branch. Whose powers, that's all three branches, their powers derive, they're vested by the U.S. Constitution in the Congress. The president and the federal courts. So the powers are vested by the U.S. Constitution in the Congress. That's the bicameral Congress with the House of Representatives and Senate. With the executive or the president, that one person is powerful. He's equal to all of those senators and, senators and, House, and those in the House of Representatives. And he's just as powerful in his duties uh, as the courts. Equal branches of power. To understand a little bit more about the government, because you need to know how your government works if you're going to pray for it, that there are three branches of 
government, legislative. That's where laws derive. Judicial, that's where the judges sit to make sure the laws are interpreted or the Constitution is not violated when you make your laws. And then the executive, who has executive powers, at his bidding or the words that he may say, the stock market rises and falls. He can pardon people of their misdeeds. He can release them from the dungeons. That one man can sign a death warrant. Then that one man can stop an execution. That one man is given after his office is over a million dollars per year in travel expenses. And he receives $200,000 a year for the rest of his life with a security detail. And they deserve it. Jesus said the children of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom because people right now, if they understood how powerful leadership was, they wouldn't have a problem. They like to choke leaders out in the church. But Jesus said the children of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. They know how to protect the ones that are important. Local governments uh, need to come into view as well. Not only do we have federal government with three equal branches and the powers are, invest, are vested by the U.S. Constitution in the Congress, in the legislative, and in the federal courts. In the president and in the federal courts. But we also have what we call local governments. It generally includes two tiers, local governments. You need to know this term. In our city matters here in the city, I'm asking uh, people who are concerned about our city and our region here to join the city matters group and to commit to going to city council meetings, um, to the uh, school board, the county commission, all of those meetings, and to become part a part of the committees in our city that govern roads and bridges, special assessments, and uh, things of that nature, to report back to us what's going on in the city. And I believe that in every city, uh, pastors should raise up ministries that have an outpost into your community and you're trying to build bridges, build bridges into the city government or the municipality in which you live so you can learn each other. You need to know your mayor and you need to know your city manager. It's very important that you know who these people are. All apostles, all prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers don't need to be up in the mayor's office, but the government shall be upon his shoulder. People who understand governance need to have a relationship with people, and they should know your name and know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, for years, the church was separate from the community. Somebody told us that there must be a difference, there must be a separation of church and state. Well, that's what somebody said. That's not constitutional. You're supposed to know what's happening in your city. You should be, we should have people from this church that are city councilmen. We have one. We need somebody from this church to run the city. 
We need them to be in the county, the municipalities in the county. We need you to also say that you're with this church when you're there. And don't be ashamed of where you're coming from. Let them know that you're part of this ministry and you're not just out there on your own. Local governments uh, generally include two tiers, the counties, the counties in Louisiana, they're called parishes. If you ever go to Louisiana, you'll hear that this parish, that parish, almost like in Jamaica. Jamaica has parishes. So you have counties and parishes strictly in Louisiana. The second tier is municipalities. That's the term, municipalities. Or cities or towns like the town of Grand, the town of Malabar, and the city of Palm Bay, which is a municipality. The county is called Brevard, or Volusia, or Dade, or Duval. In some states, uh, countries, in some states, counties are divided into townships. And you need to know those terms and be able to interface with it. Now you know that a municipality is another word for the city. The city or the towns. You have counties and parishes. Parishes are basically in Louisiana. I want to give God thanks for the U.S. government. And you can start by saying, Father, I thank you for the U.S. government. Uh, there has never been a government like this on the face of the earth before. Uh, Alexander the Great uh, was about mixing races and uh, to create what he called the mixture, the Alexandrias, where different cultures come together and create one nation. America took a little bit of that and mixed it in. At the same time, Rome was big in building roads and bridges. America took a little bit of that as well and other strong uh, countries and nations that were conquerors, like the Persians, would bring certain things into existence, into the forefront. Even the strategy of war, the strategies of war. America was able to come a motley crew of individuals who basically were rebels, crossed the Atlantic, and come over into the Americas to establish the 13 colonies, and it has grown to be 50 states and territories and 50 governors that rule those states that give leadership to those states with a president in Washington DC. You need to know a little bit about the US government. There's never been a government like this before and before you curse it or storm it and want to tear it down, what are you going to place it with? You? Your flag? Your attitude? Your exclusion? You don't represent the Constitution. Before we tear this down, and I want to encourage everybody that's marching, that, uh, that, uh, that, that are peaceful protesting, stop using uh, terminology like burn this thing down. You don't need that. You need to keep it alive and keep it healthy. And it's fragile. A whisper can kill it because it's an ideal. It's not a building, and I'll get to you. I'll get to you in a moment. Jesus said, my kingdom is not buildings. It's not of this world. My kingdom is righteousness. That's the kingdom rule. That's the structure that you need. It's peace. 
Nothing missing, nothing scattered, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing scattered, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing scattered. Nothing missing, nothing scattered, nothing broken. Nothing broken, nothing scattered, nothing missing. Nothing missing, nothing scattered, nothing broken. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing scattered. Nothing missing, nothing scattered, nothing broken. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing scattered. Nothing scattered, nothing missing. That's peace. It's not just your tranquil feeling, drinking mint julep and bad mouth in your country. That's not peace. Peace is nothing missing. If you tear this down, we got something missing. The ideal is gone. We need to pray for the U.S. government. Why is government important? Well, first of all, the government is, is given support through an enduring document called the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Remember that term, the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And I would encourage every believer and non-believer to read your Bible. And then the second document you should read before you read novels is the entire U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Almost every Jew and Muslim that comes in America reads it. And you have homegrown indigenous Americans that know nothing about their own history. That's why Islam can take advantage of all the perks that this country extends. And Jews understand it very well. But if you don't know your rights and don't believe them, you'll walk around ignorantly. Reading the Bible first and then the U.S. Constitution will help you to develop your vocabulary. Because many barriers today are not colorblind, not color barriers. It's a language barrier and understanding and comprehension. The Constitution describes each of the roles, each role and responsibilities of the branches of the government. So the Constitution is clear. Those amendments are going to describe each role and responsibility of the branches of government that I named earlier, the ex executive, the legislative, and the judicial. While the Bill of Rights doesn't just explain or describe the roles, the Bill of Rights describes the rights and the freedoms of the citizens within the land. So the Constitution describes each of the roles and responsibilities of the branches, but the Bill of Rights describes the rights and the freedom of the people within the Union. The Bill of Rights describes your rights and your freedoms. Your rights and your freedoms. And freedom is so important in America. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Rights to bear arms. These are very, very concrete in the Constitution. But Paul said something in, Rome, in Galatians chapter 5 that we are not to allow our freedoms. This is pre-U.S. Constitution. We are not to allow our freedoms to give us an occasion to sin. The sin. And one of the things that the Bill of Rights does not explain clearly is that though you're given freedom, that's why you need to read the Bible first and then the Constitution. Because the Bible is going to give you some barriers to your freedom. If I only read the Constitution, I'd say I'm free to say whatever, to do whatever. To express myself any way I want. But the Bible gives us barriers 
to our freedoms. And this is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5. Do not allow your freedom to give you an occasion to do what's wrong, to sin. So the Constitution limits the power of the government. At the same time, the Bill of Rights grants authority and freedom to the people. In this nation, we never had a nation like this where the people coming together has power. Though some people that understand that want to bring that to the theocracy called the church and think the congregation rules the church. But that does not, that's why we need religious liberties because the, the, the church of Jesus Christ is not limited to that theme or that thought. Congregations are never supposed to rule. Churches are basically like companies. You have a CEO, you have a CFO, you have a board of directors, and that board of directors give leadership uh, to the company. That's how churches really are designed to run. When the congregation rules and you see a church that's able to survive for several years without a leader, I don't know if that's true life. Because no company is designed to work that way. Tim Cook is the CEO of Apple Corporation. Bill Gates is the founder of Microsoft. None of those companies would be global like they are without leadership. And God never designed his church to go global without leadership. And if what I say bothers you, you may not be a member of the true universal church. Because how can you work for Harris Corporation, Johnson Controls, L3 Harris, and submit to these people and come to the church and lose your mind? It doesn't make sense. And if you can join the military and hop and hip, and if I say jump, you ask how high. And do what you're bidden to do. Coming under men's authority. Some of them are not even saved. Some of them are wine bibblers. Some of them are liars. But because they have that authority you submit to it. Then you should be okay. With coming into the house of God. Working with godly leadership. So the constitution limits the power. Of the government. While the bill of rights. Empowers or grants authority. To the citizens of this nation. Pray for your government. Govern government also provides the parameters for everyday life. That's why we have laws. And usually anybody that excels in Congress has some type of law degree. Usually. You have a few business owners that are there. A few doctors. But most of them that make laws, they are lawyers. A squire, counselors who've gone to study and they passed the bar. And these people understand how the law works, usually. And that's why if you're going to elevate to the executive branch, you should have some type of law uh, background and understand the law. And watch this, comply to the law. So governments provide the parameters for everyday life for everyday behavior of the citizens, even to protect them. And that's why we have a military. The military is designed to protect the citizens. You don't have to go to war. There's a military that goes to war for you. Space Force, 
Air Force, Army, Navy, and the Marines. And it's important for you to understand the Coast Guard is there and the National Guard, over 26,000 of them in D.C. today. All of these people have been raised up and they're being nurtured through our tax dollars. They're being taken care of. They don't have to wear their own clothing. They're provided the clothing and the weapons and the training and the technology and the equipment to protect the land. And the government is in charge of that. Actually, it is the, it, the chief executive of the nation that can take them to war. He is in charge of all of those thousands of people. And the Pentagon. Very powerful person. And whoever ascends there needs to have their head on. And they need prayers. And they need people who are around them that will speak truth to them when they're wrong. Because they wield so much power. I think it was Abraham Lincoln who was telling some of his close advisors that I need you to procure me votes. They said, how are we going to do that? He said, I am the president of the United States of America, clothed with immense power. You will procure me these votes. And he was right. That one man had a vision of being on a vessel imminent space and darkness heading toward the shore at a rapid at a rapid speed had a sense of nothingness darkness but headed to the shores at a rapid rate of speed his wife interpreted it as the 16th amendment and it must be passed rapidly and because he moved with his vision he was able to write the Emancipation Proclamation that basically said every slave would be set free. Not only the ones who are in bondage, but the millions that will be born afterwards. He never had chains on him, but he had a vision and he went with it. For that reason, multi-millions of black people in America are now free and running for public office and occupying some of those positions. And we should be grateful because very few groups in America, actually there's only one that had a stigma on their color. To come from the degradation like that and to ascend to positions of authority requires a whole lot of tenacity and understanding of the government. And somebody prayed for me and they had me on their mind. They lifted up their voice and prayed. And we need to carry the torch even the more and pray with an understanding for the U.S. government. I don't know how believers can take up arms against their government. You're not militia. You're in the army of the Lord. You're supposed to be praying for these people like the Bible says. 
Well, Bishop, we're going to take our country back. Then what are you going to say to Daniel, who was snatched out of Israel in the Babylon, now present-day Iraq, and he decided that he would not to eat the king's meat, and he kept himself from doing those things, and he prayed unto God every day. Then a decree came out to attack his religious freedoms, but he prayed anyway, and when they had to cast him into the lion's den, he prayed anyway, but while there, God shut up the mouths of the lions. And the three Hebrew boys was cast in a fiery furnace, but God cooled the fiery furnace. And even another one, one likened unto the Son of Man, entered into... We don't even want the miracles because we got what we call technology and we got our freedoms. But if you're going to follow God, you got to be able to trace him. When you got to be able to track him when you can't trace him or trust him when you can't track him. And if you do so, God will take you to a place where you can begin to see the good graces and the manifold grace of God at work in your life everybody talk about they want to they want to work with God miracle signs and wonders but you can't trust God with your government or trust God to use someone you don't like or someone that has no experience you trust people that have no experience doing it give them the codes and sit back and rest but you can't believe God can use an old man like he used Abraham. Oh, ye of little faith. We don't put our trust in the government. We put our trust in God. Government provides the parameters for our behavior, even protection for us. From outside interference. Right now, the, the, the writers of the Constitution never figured that we would have the internet and that people could influence this land and not even be in the land, sending forth lies. And millions of our people would believe it. Lies. The very courts that the former president established, those judges, over 61 cast down lies. You don't think any of them are godly? People are believing lies. You don't even believe the Bible like you believe lies. The Bible says in the last days perilous times will come where men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of what they want, lovers of their own will, then lovers of God. And I will turn them over to be reprobate minds. They will believe in towers, believe in stock market, believe in money, believe in power and resources, and that will become the God. So I'll turn them over to it. They would rather believe a lie, Romans chapter 1, than the truth. Truth right there in your face, but won't embrace it. God can use anybody. If he can use a donkey, ha, I'm preaching to somebody. He used a donkey in the Old Testament, he can use a Democrat. And if he can use an elephant for Alexander the Great to ride over, on, he can use a Republican. God 
don't need you and I to give our approval on what he's doing. God is shaking the world. He shook up the world when he elevated Trump. He shook him up when he brought him from the dungeons and set him in the most powerful position on the face of the earth. And he's shaking you again. Because God don't need anybody to do his will. Pray for the U.S. government. Glory, hallelujah. The government is supposed to provide well-being and happiness. Even controlling certain things, including control over some aspects of our economy. Now let me make sure you understand, I'm not a socialist, neither do I believe in socialism nor communism. I believe in capitalism, but I believe that you can be too greedy as a capitalist. So greedy you don't want to share anything. So believe me, listen to what I say. I do not believe in giving everybody everything free. And whoever's saying that, I don't believe they understand anything about God or his word. And those of you that want everything free, I wonder do you pay your bills or are you still living with your mama? Why should you get all of your bills paid off and I've been working all these years? What are you going to say to me? It is your work that develops your character. So we need to pray for the U.S. government, not the buildings of the government, not the White House, the actual building, not DOJ, Department of Justice, not the Supreme Court, the building. We're not supposed to pray for that. We're not supposed to pray for Federal Reserve Board building, not for the U.S. Capitol, not for Ronald Reagan's Federal Trade Co Commission, not for the, the Library of Congress, not the building, not the House of Representatives and its offices. We're not supposed to pray for that, not even the actual Senate and its committees, the buildings that hold those committees. There's like 22 or 21 Senate committees that govern the Senate, and there's over 22 House of Representative committee, House of Representative committees that, are gov that govern the nation. So we're talking about over 40 committees that you're looking at Congress, Senate, but the Senate has over 21 committees and the House of Representatives has over 23, around 23. And those boards, those committees are governed by people who may not know God. You're supposed to pray for that person who's running the committee. You're supposed not for the building. The building's okay. We don't want it torn down. But the people who occupy the buildings. When we're talking about praying for our government, it is the people who are ruling. And as it goes with the king, so does it go with the people. If the king is righteous, then the people are righteous. You'll see the people moving towards certain things. If the, peace, if, the, if, the, if the king has discretion, and I'm going to be talking about that, then the people have, you need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and pray for the peace of Washington, D.C. And it starts with the leaders. As it goes with leaders, so does it go with people. Psalm 9, verse 9 and 10. It should be on the screen. It reads like this. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. 
Let me help America today. If you seek God and turn from your wicked ways, then God said, I will heal your land. Forgive your sins. Bring restoration to you. I will send rain. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I will send revival to you. Because God is my refuge and my fortress. He is my very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore I will not fear. Though the earth be removed. And though mountains are carried in the midst of the sea. I have a God who cares. And I'll preach myself happy. We need skillful and godly wisdom flowing in and through the heart of our president and knowledge. We need wisdom and knowledge flowing in the heart of our president. While you're at it, ask God to give President Trump wisdom and knowledge as well. We're not going to leave him out. Bless him, Lord. He's down in West Palm. Bless him in the name of the Lord. I know he's depressed. I know he's shaken. But bless him in the name of Jesus. Turn him to you. Let him be the greatest revivalist the world has ever seen. Let him clap his hands for Jesus. Let him lift his fists up, saying we're bringing war to the devil. Let him lead millions to the cross. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, let it be so. Touch his children, keep them from an assassin's bullet. Don't let no terrorist take Ivanka out or any of his kids. Even protect Baron in the name of Jesus. Protect his marriage. Protect his marriage in the name of Jesus. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. Protect his marriage in the name of Jesus. And it is so in Jesus' name. And help this nation to pray for the sitting president while clothed with immense power that God will keep him cognizant, to keep him sharp, Keep him protected in the name of the Lord. Not only he, but his entire cabinet. And I decree it and declare it in Jesus' name. Write it down, discretion watches over. And understanding is your keeper. And we're asking God to give discretion and understanding to those who lead the nation. Remember, discretion watches over. And understanding is a keeper. Let's reverse it. When you lack understanding, you will waste away. And when you have no discretion, you have no guidance. You're exposed. Discretion defined uh, is this. The, the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid offense. Causing offense. It is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid offense or revealing someone's personal or private information. 
And what we need now in our politics is a little discretion. Everybody's got their camera. Everybody is trying to take a bad picture. Everybody's trying to get to Instagram and Snapchat and take people's business to the social networks. But the devil is a liar. We need discretion. And every believer should have asked God for discretion. Now, everybody likes discernment. And everybody likes to know what God is saying. They want the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all godliness. But they have no discretion. Every time something comes to them, they feel like they need to blab it and need to share it with the world. But a woman's heart is like deep waters. Who can know it? And a woman with discretion is able to conceal a matter until the right time or go to her grave with the matter. A man of discretion is the man that don't need to blab everything that he knows and everything that he does and everything that he did. He understands that love covers. And when you see someone's nakedness, you never try to take it to the tabloids. If you love and if you have discretion. But if you're trying to get, the, get the, uh, the next job or get a higher level of wages for what's that newspaper that Spider-Man worked for? The Daily Bugle? <laughs> Maybe you're a cartoon character. Maybe you believe Spider-Man is real and you want to elevate by exposing people with pictures. You need to understand you will reap what you sow. Glory to God. And so I'm asking God to give discretion to our leaders, but I'm asking discretion, the blanket of discretion to cover the nation again. Everybody's trying to find some secret on someone else so they can dethrone them and take their spot. If you assume anybody's position because you tripped them up, I guarantee you won't sit in the seat of authority long. Unless God put you in authority, you don't take that seat. And if you get there by your own craftiness, you won't be there alone. Remember, discretion is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing someone's personal or private information. The use of discretion allows the one, the one with authority, the one that has the authority and power. The use of discretion allows the one, whoever that one is, allows them the flexibility necessary to perform his or her job. The flexibility to perform his or one job. So police officers are given what we call discretion. And I'm asking police officers even now to show discretion and to de-escalate. Because we have to give you the ability, the, the room, the space to be flexible when necessary so you can carry out your job. But it doesn't mean you shoot because you're afraid. What you want to do first of all is make sure you have a barrier between you and the assailant or the potential assailant. So you don't walk out there like you got a shield, like you're Superman. You get behind the car of a, the door of a car and you tell them the halt. You stand behind a tree. You don't stand out in the open and talk about you're afraid. Use discretion. We don't want to see uh, police violence this year. We don't want to see police accidentally shooting teenagers. We don't want to see 
people boring up at the police. We need our police, not only here locally, we need the police nationally. This nation will not survive one year if you de-escalate and if you, I'm sorry, if you defund the police. We need the police and we need them to have discretion. So why can't we have reform with our police but also love our police? And why can't our police get reform and love your community, even people of color? I believe this is the godly road out. I've been the chaplain of the police department of this city as well as for first responders. And they know me. They allow me to come in sometimes and speak. And I tell them what I'm telling you right now. They love the truth. They need to know that we love them. And they always welcome in our church. They can walk through it any time. Thank you for the discretion. Thank you for coming and letting the world know that we can partner with each other to get the job done. And I'm asking our young men to always abide. If the police tell you to put your hand on the steering wheel, do it. If they tell you to sit on the curb, do it. Even if it's a female, do it. Don't go off on her. We want you to live another day. Use of discretion allows the one the flexibility necessary to perform his or her job. Psalm 33 verse 10 through 13 is a pass uh, uh, through 12, 10 through 12. Powerful passage here is on the screen. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. In other words, God will make you disappointed sometimes. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. And the purposes of his heart through all generations. I like verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he chose for his inheritance. God bless America. Land that I love. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. So I've talked to you about local government. I talked to you about federal government. I also talked to you about the need to give thanks for the U.S. government. I talked about, now I need to talk to you about we the people. Actually, I did talk to you about we the people, that God is not concerned necessarily with buildings. He's concerned with the people in the buildings. Now I need to talk to you about the inner circle in the government maintains the atmosphere of that government which actually flows into the nation in which the government is set. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 we're foreseeing therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us lay off everything that hinders and the sin that does so easily beset. And let us run with perseverance, with patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. I like this verse because it says, look at verse 1 again. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded... Every government needs a core group of people, a cloud of witnesses that surround the leader. In the local church, the pastor needs people who are not who are not Judas's and trying to stab him in the back. 
or people that's after the mean green or backstabbers, backstabbers, aye, backstabbers, backstabbers that want to get in place and they stab backs to get there. We don't need that in our government nor in our churches. Can the church say amen? You don't need it in your family. No parent should be talking to children about their spouse. And no spouse should be given sanctuary to discuss without strict guidelines an issue concerning another parent. Because if you tear down what you're, what you're trying to build, you become a transgressor. So every official needs to watch their inner circle. And I believe the inner circle maintains the atmosphere. The godly who counsel those who are in charge are very important. And if you're in a position of authority, your job is not just to do what you're told, especially in the U.S. government. You are to sound an alarm when you see something that's not right in aberration. Even if you get fired or even if you're asked to resign, you should not remain silent. You should speak to the one in charge. And if there could be no agreement, you should resign. You are never to occupy a place in the, in the U.S. government and let things go right before your eyes and you not say anything. The officials, those in charge, must be compassed about with wiser, prudent, sagacious counselors. The official needs to be surrounded with wiser, listen, wiser than you. Wiser, smarter, prudent counselors. People who have expertise. Yes, make them loyal. But they need to be around you. And you should have weekly staff meetings. Some of them you need to talk to every day to bounce ideas off of them. Because you're leading a nation. The council should encourage the authority to do what is right. Not what is convenient. Well, not what is expedient, not even what is safe for you to do what is right. And that's the true test of integrity. Do what's right, even if it loses votes. Do what's right, even if people are going to talk about you on the news. Do what's right, even if you don't have any friends. Do what's right, even if, you don't, if people never like you anymore. If you do what's right, you'll be right with God. And when you sleep at night, you can say, you know what? I did what's right. They'll get around it. When you do what's right, God has a way of giving you a bounce back anointing. How many of you need a bounce back anointing? You took a licking like Timex, but you kept on ticking. You were in the ring, you got hit, and you failed, but you got back up. And this is what makes you get up. When you do what's right, God gives you more spring to rebound. Hallelujah. The Bible says a good man can fall seven times. He's doing what's right, but he still may messed up and he will bounce back every time. Men and women of integrity should be the ones surrounding a leader. Leaders themselves. 
That means you have a type, a, a sense of influence. You can lead people to do what's right as well. If you're doing what's right and you're the only one on the team that's doing what's right, then you're on the wrong team. You can't win a championship that way. So why would you say, I'm the only one in this church doing what's, why are you there? You're on the wrong team. You should have others that you influence. If you're a real leader, others are going to start mimicking you and following you. If nobody's following you, then you're on the wrong team. Maybe you like being that way. Maybe that makes you feel good that you're the only one, the smartest one, the one that's got it all, the one that's doing it big. You need to be around people who's doing it just like you do. Man, everybody looking at me weird. What is he talking about? Well, I'm preaching. People who are peaceable, people who are godly, people who are honest. Those are the kind of people that we need to surround leadership. And I'm asking God to continue to do me. He's blessed me over the years to have good people around me. They're not perfect. They don't have to be. But they're good people, good soul. God has washed them in the blood. They have a heart to do what's right. Sometimes they get hurt. Sometimes I hurt them, but I don't mean to. But there's, a, there's something about a person who can stick with the leader when they get their feelings hurt. Especially when you know it's not intentional. Amen. We need a little thicker skin here. When it's not intentional, let's get with it. Let's go after it. Don't give up easy when you're offended. The test of your stick to after being offended is equal to your worth and your value. Your ability to stick with it after being offended is equal to your worth and your value. If you can take it, come on. Mike Pence, I really respect you. He's got white hair. I think he's from Indiana. But he never turned on the set man. He never turned on President Trump. And a lot of people criticized him, but he did the exact same thing. He did the thing that he should have done in that position. I believe he's a man of integrity. I don't believe he agreed with everything. It was proof at the end that he didn't. But he always held his ground. And he didn't turn on the president. He had an opportunity to strike him. To cut off his neck. To vote that he be removed from office. But he said I would not go that far. Even though I believe he put me in harm's way. But I'm not going that far. I thank God for you, Mike Pence. Because you're showing leaders all around the country how they're supposed to operate. In business and in church. How they need to operate in the community. I never heard you go on Twitter and talk about you don't like the old man. Well, my time is coming soon. He never showed me my value. <laughs> Thank God for you, Mike Pence. Church folk need to watch you. Pastors need to see how you move. Assistant pastors. Assistants. Abishai's need to learn from you. You're not the man, but you make sure the man has a corresponding group to protect, protect him and to make sure his, his wishes are carried out as much as possible. Thank God for you. And I'm asking God to protect you uh, last two weeks ago today, they put a hangman's noose out there and they were looking for you. But I just decree and declare that you're safe, you and your family. 
I respect you, sir. I would love to meet you. I would love to meet you. I'll pay for the coffee. I'll take you to Starbucks. Let us pray. Why are you praying, Bishop? I'm praying for our nation. And I'm asking you to join with me. Let us come into the attitude of prayer. I hope I offend some of you laid back Christians that uh, you're so laid back you don't even know what's right or wrong. You're so laid back you criticize people like me while you stay quiet and see aberrations and won't say a word. You have no courage. You need to grow. And hopefully this message will stir you in a way where you can become more present and relevant in the kingdom of God. You don't have to be like me to do what I do, but you should be able to speak up and speak truth to power. It doesn't matter what color they are. If it's good, you need to compliment it. And that's what you'll see about me. I'm not perfect, but if I see good, I don't care what, they could be Republican or Democrat. If I see good, I'm going to say something about it. And I really appreciate some of the things I saw. And I pulled out Mike Pence because I just think he's a noble man. <laughs> I remember having a friend years ago and um, his girlfriend shared some things with me that I believe could have actually hurt him real deep. And we were on our way home riding in his car. And he said something to me like, my girlfriend told me that you were giving winks at her and stuff like that. And the first thing came to my mind is what she told me. And I realized in that second that if I told him, I could really hurt him. So I concealed it. I held it. Even though she lied on me. Even though she lied on me. And I know somebody was praying for me because I almost, I almost, I was young. I almost spilled it. But I believe God was watching me even then and he was testing me to see what kind of man I would be. I never, never shared it with him. I never saw her again. I haven't seen him in 30 years. But I'm always mindful of that and I think about it often because I believe God was watching me while I was riding in that Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am. I believe he was testing me to see what kind of man I was. I want to encourage some of you that as soon as you're hit, you start spilling the beans or you turn on people that you say you love. I'm asking you to think strongly about that. I'm going to pray for our government, but I'm praying for you that your governance in your home, on your job, in your community, in the church that you reside, in your ministry, business that you have that you will walk in integrity with people treat them like you want to be treated and pray for each other I want you to pray for this nation there was a peaceful transfer of power but the nation is that there's a buzz in the atmosphere one of my members called me on yesterday and said Bishop I was at a stoplight with my baby here comes a truck, big lights, came and stopped behind me. 
shining the bright lights. All of a sudden, he punched it and ran right in the back of me. While at the light, this was not a, a slow glide to stop. We were already stopped. He stopped. Or whoever's driving was stopped. And he just rammed into the back of my vehicle, backed up, and then took off. Just to be mean. I want to say that to you all because there's an agitation in the spirit. An agitation in the air right now. And people are doing things that they normally wouldn't do. I need you to walk in peace and I need you to be wise. I prayed on Sunday for protection. And one of our members told me, I believe God protected us. I was jarred pretty bad. Checked out. The doctor said, "There's no. I'm having some stiffness in my neck. And now they're looking for the assailant because Wawa has cameras. I want you to pray for each other. Pray that no blood be shed this week and weeks to come. That we will come together again and begin to go to church. As Garth Brooks shared today, sung the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. That saved a wretch like me. And I believe if we continue to worship and praise God, sing and lift up holy hands to the Lord, God is going to protect us all. Every head bowed. Christians in the attitude of prayer. Father, we pray for our city elected officials, our municipalities, for the sheriff of this county, in every parish for governors in our state legislature we pray for our U.S. government the three branches legislative judicial and executive Lord give strength and wisdom to them and to guide their decisions give them wisdom for the decisions they would make May they always put love first. We look to our elected officials for assurance and guidance, especially at times of crisis. Inspire them, speak through them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Bring the United States of America together as one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And even here in this church, for the government and the governance here, strengthen us this year. Give us a heart to pray more. There's no celebration in the street because of the death. The death angel has come through America. But I plead the blood, as I did in February and March of last year. Here, I plead the blood, and we place it over the doorpost of our nation, over our cities, over our states, over our counties and parishes. Bless it now, Father, as the blood is spilled over, spread over the doorpost. See the blood and pass over. We will give you the glory and the praise for passing over us and saving the house, Lord. Calm the agitation in the atmosphere in America. Bring us back to wholeness and we will give you the glory and the honor and the praise. 
protect all of our workers protect them from COVID those who are caught up I thank you for saving them encouraging their hearts those who have hurt hearts those who feel left out those who feel marginalized forsaken and forgotten Father I pray for healing in every heart if I've offended any one of them from negligence Lord I'm asking for forgiveness heal me give me strength and let people gather around me that love me I need a I need a, a, a circle of people to surround me that love me Lord let it be so let them cover my nakedness and never expose me to the world and father I give you glory honor and praise for that thank you for the glory that you give to your saints the faith and the glory that you give to your saints and we give you praise for that in Jesus name my friends I love you and appreciate you tuning in today it is amazing grace glory to God that we all need I bless you I want you to start singing that song you don't need any music at home just sing it you can find the lyrics on the internet and just sing it out it will bless you I want you to think about your gifts to the Lord tonight. Send a special gift in. You can text to give here at Truth Reveal. You can go to our website. You can download the church app, Truth Reveal app. If you want to be connected with this ministry, send us an email at connect to this email address. Connect at truthrevealed.org. Connect at truthrevealed.org. Send us an email. Get in touch with our staff and we will send information to you and get you started. Become a supporter of this ministry. If you're in the greater Palm Bay area, you want to drop it off, drop it off at the church or the Alliance building. If you're outside of this county, outside of this city, in this region, you can send it in. God will bless you. Find ways to sow. Find ways in how you can sow. Don't give up so easy. The law of reciprocity says if you sow, you will reap. The tail's end of that, if you fail to sow, you cannot reap. And if you sow the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. So let's sow in peace. So God can reward you in harvest. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for every gift. And for the giver of the gift, go with every giver with, and supply a bountiful harvest for every soul. In Jesus' name. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the word of truth revealed.